the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. And there you have it. Mess It Up Podcast back with you once again. Welcome to uh, the end of February. This is our last show before February is over. Uh, we'll be in March next because that's how the calendar works. Uh, we also have only two shows left before Daylight Savings Time comes back for a lot of us folks. My wife is very excited about Daylight Savings Time. I personally think that it is a bunch of hooey. I think it's a big boondoggle to steal a word from last week's Word of the Week. Uh, but it is what it is. So we are here with show number 310 right now. And uh, we're bringing it to you free as always. Uh, but if you would like to help support us, you are welcome to do that. Check out our website. It gives you all the information. I won't go real far into that because, let's face it, if you're listening, you probably know. If you don't know, you can check it out by going to the websites uh, that we do. Uh, so check out MessItUpPodcast.com. Uh, it's got the latest shows on it. Also has some information for you on that. Um, really happy to have you here. Uh, I am by myself tonight uh, because... We had a long day today, and uh, I could just tell that Bev did not feel like doing this. I was going to have uh, another guest on, and our schedules did not connect. So hopefully I'll get that done in the next week or two here. We've got some guests coming up, is what the hope is. We shall see if that's what actually transpires. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our word of the week, though. Um, calumny is our word. Of the week this week, calumny. And calumny is um, making up false claims about people. And I figured, you know, what what better way to go into an election season than to give us a word like calumny uh, for our word of the week. So if you can use calumny in our, or in your sentences this week, give yourself 10 bonus points and congratulations for doing that. Well, you couldn't hear any of that, but uh, I just had a huge coughing fit, <clears throat> so you could hear it's coming. I coughed and coughed and coughed, started the recording back up, so hopefully we're <clears throat> good to go with all of that. Um, speaking of boondoggle, uh, boondoggle was our word of the week last week, and I was inadvertently using it today in my conversations. I went to uh, Los Angeles with my mother, took her to a doctor's appointment, <clears throat> for her eyes. Now, my mother is turning 90 in April, so she's up there a little bit. And as can happen, her body is not aging as fast as her mind is. And so it can be a little difficult to keep track of things with Baba. But she has she has two eye doctors that she sees. One of them is a uh, retina specialist, and the other one is just a, a standard um, optometrist. And... Um, so she goes to one every six months and they kind of switch off things. Well, they, you know, when, when you go to another doctor for similar procedures, that means that you're taking money out of someone's pocket. So sometimes they go back and forth over who should be doing what. <clears throat> and as my mother was scheduling her appointment with her ophthalmologist um, this summer, they said, oh, we have a test that we need to do. And they brought her in. And so she was of the impression that it was coming from Another doctor requested it and nobody knew. And I could tell when I got down there today that the doctor didn't know why we were doing this test other than just because 
it was a test that he could do and and and, uh, and make it happen. So <clears throat> it was a boondoggle for sure. Uh, a a very long ten uh, hour boondoggle uh, that we participated in, and such is life. But there you go. Just I tell you that in order to say the word of the week does come in handy, and I did use it and didn't realize that it was my word of the week until I went to go record the show now and saw last week's word of the week being boondoggle. So there you go. Take that for what it's worth. I don't know if it's worth anything. You decide. So we're looking today at uh, a, a topic that has been kicked down through my lists over the last little while. And it is a quote from a um, a missionary, <clears throat> British missionary, English guy, um, named William Carey. And the quote goes something like this, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. <clears throat> and I heard that in a sermon... Oh, it's been months ago now because, like I said, this this topic has been getting kicked down to the bottom of the list uh, each time as I go through things. But it really struck me that that it, it's 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 simple yet complex, uh, much like myself. Um, <clears throat> sounds like I'm describing a coffee or a wine, but it it's it's true. It's it's we're. Oftentimes, I make things more difficult than they need to be. Oftentimes, I overthink things. I put too many uh, distractions in. Uh, An example, this this last weekend, we had a missions dinner at our church. And as prison missionaries uh, from our church into the prisons, our church supports us um, prayerfully, but also financially, they give us a, a small uh, amount of money for uh, gas each month so we can travel and, and operate. And uh, so they asked us to be at this dinner and they asked us if we wanted to be able to set up a table. So I said, yes, we'll set up a table. We'd love to have a table. So Bev and I were talking about what we should put on our table. <clears throat> and you can check it out if you go to uh, Instagram, you can look up Messed Up Ministries uh, on Instagram, and it's got a picture of us with a few of the board members at the table. But we had uh, books that we use from our <clears throat> coursework, coursework uh, for Prison Fellowship Academy. We just wanted people to see the different things that we're presenting to the men in the prison. So we had these books out, and there are a lot of them. And we did it Saturday night, then we did it again Sunday morning, and I realized after looking at Saturday nights, it was just a mess. There were just too many. I was putting in too much information <clears throat> for people, and I was making it a lot more complex than it needed to be. And so I suggested to Bev that in the future, what we do is we just take a stack of our books, and we just make a pile on the table so people can see the the, the stack of them. Because honestly, people aren't going to take time to look through the material, most of them. Um, but they'll see that stack and it, it'll have more of an impact and it won't look as cluttered because people see cluttered and they, they don't want to come by. It, it makes them nervous. It's like, who wants to go into the hoarder's house? Other than morbid curiosity, you're staying away from that thing. So <clears throat> I say all that because I can make life horribly complicated 
left my own devices. I just get too many ideas <clears throat> and I want to implement them all. It's the, 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 the common case of, you know, the teacher who goes to the teaching conference over the weekend and comes back to their class and wants to change everything and implement all these great ideas that they saw. You got to take it one step at a time. You got to do things a little bit at a time. And, and we know that in recovery. You know, I mean, how, how often have you been in a recovery meeting and <clears throat> seen a person come in and they've got a fire in their belly and a fire in their seat and they want to like, oh, great. Okay, yeah, I need to I need to make this list and I need to start apologizing to people, make amends, and I need to make things right. It's like, look, no, look, you're at step one. You've just got to admit that there's a problem. You've got to admit that there's a higher power that can take care of it and then you've got to turn yourself over. That's, that's three big steps there before you start doing any other work. <clears throat> But we're this uh, microwave generation, this MTV video generation. We don't want to watch a movie. We want to watch a, a, a music video that tells the whole story in a couple of minutes. Don't make me do all these other things. <clears throat> so I complicate my mission. I complicate my call. I complicate the work that I'm trying to do. And oftentimes it's a lot more successful if I just simplify. I got to simplify. Yes, I just need to simplify what I'm trying to do to make it work. You know, get rid of all the extra stuff. Get rid of all the extraneous information. That was one of the things my father taught me when I was learning how to do word problems in math is to get rid of all the extra information that they give you that doesn't have any bearing on what the problem is that you're trying to solve. Doesn't matter what the kid's name is. Don't worry about that. Right? How many things he's got and how many, how many things he's losing, how many things he's adding. You know, look at the numbers. You're doing math. <clears throat> so simplify it. Break it down into its simple parts. We, we learned how to do that again in math. We learned how to, how to break down uh, fractions into their lowest common denominators so that we could work with these fractions together and just simplify the things you know working on an equation move things to other sides and 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 get it so that it is manageable <clears throat> so if i'm going to try to you know expect great things from god and, and attempt great things for god one of the things i need to do is to simplify the great now, that doesn't mean make it not great. I'm not saying set the bar low. I'm saying get rid of all the extra bells and whistles. <clears throat> when we started out Messed Up Ministries, I did it and I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to use Rick Warren's purpose-driven model, meaning that this is what our goal is. This is what the mission is for our ministry Here's what our mission statement says. We are trying to do these things. So if it's not, if it doesn't deal with those things that we say we're trying to do, leave that for someone else who does those things. You know, uh, cleaning up uh, old people's yards is great, but that's not our mission. It's somebody else's mission. Somebody else can do that. And if we get ourselves doing all these other things, we can't do what we're there to do. <clears throat> so I think it's important if we're going to try to do follow this advice from William Carey, I think it's important, first of all, to identify what's the mission. What is it that we're trying to do? 
why are we trying to do it? And then, then we can look at how we, how we go about that and, and put the practical steps into it. Because otherwise, we just get so distracted, so burdened, that it can be easy to, A, forget the mission and because and, we're doing something else, or to just get so frustrated that we just, we give up. And, and that, I think, I think that's a, a big plan of the enemy is to get my brain distracted and discouraged. If he can get me distracted or if he can get me discouraged, then he can get me to stop. <clears throat> and that's, that's the victory uh, for the enemy that I don't want to give. So, so we want to try to figure out how to do these great things for God and expect great things from God. Because God is. He's a powerful God. We've been spending time <clears throat> in the uh, sermon series at the church where I attend looking at prayer and the pastor's been outlining a, a you know, step-by-step process to looking at prayer. And the first thing was to acknowledge God. <clears throat> we look at the the blueprint for prayer, the Lord's prayer that we get. And it, it says, you know, hey, God, you're our God and you are great. Just acknowledge, like, look, look, let's just put this on the table. You are God. You are great. And we're just going to go with that. We're just going to have that as an established fact. And, and that will apply to the rest of what I say. And we're going to apply that to the rest of it. You, you're great, God. Because because if God is not great, and I don't expect great things for God, where is my hope? <clears throat> if I think I have a mediocre God, I can expect mediocre results. And I don't want mediocre results. When I was praying for a miracle for my grandson, I didn't want a mediocre God to come in with a mediocre result. I wanted the God that changes things, that creates life. I wanted that God on my grandson's case. And that's the God I got. When, when, when Paxton Pantry was going through cancer, she didn't want some mediocre, half-baked God. <clears throat> she wanted the God that made those mountains and, and made that beauty and made that sunrise and the sunset. And that's the God that came in and moved her through her cancer treatments like Daniel in the lion's den without scars or without scorching. And, and, and that was a miracle. <clears throat> and there's so many miracles that we get because we expect these great things from this great God that we know that we have. We know, I know, that I serve a great, great God. And I want to talk more about that. But what I'm going to do first is I'm going to give us a song of the week. Uh, this one came from my wife. Uh, you can always tell when it's Casting Crowns. It's probably come from my wife. But this is Casting Crowns. It's a song called All Because of Mercy. We'll be back on the other side to, to talk about how do we try great things for God and also to talk about this song. But right now, here's 90 seconds of Casting Crowns. We'll see you on the other side. It's not because I'm worthy. It's all because of mercy. There's no way that I could earn it. Praise God, my dad is it's not because I'm worthy, it's all because of mercy. 
There you go, casting crowns. Uh, and I gotta say, a lot of times you'll get on here and I'll talk about how I liked the song and it was good and this is what stood out to me and whatnot. And I'm the thing that, that jumped out at me at this song is something that's a, a, a pet peeve of mine, I guess. I heard the, uh, the missionary speaker this weekend talk about this too. And and in the line here in the, in the song, and it's, it's, it's repeated a lot and you heard it in this little clip that we had, it says, it's not because I'm worthy, it's all because of mercy. And I, I love that sentiment, but I cannot agree with it. And the reason I can't agree with it is because, as you've heard me say, worth is determined by the price that someone will pay for something. You might think that a piece of art is worthless, and then some rich person comes along and pays millions and millions of dollars for it and you might not see the worth in it but because somebody gave that amount that now establishes its worth and my existence is worth exactly one jesus christ and that's the price that was paid for me so i am worthy i didn't earn it I didn't earn it. And it says that in, in the song. It's, you know, I, 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 I didn't earn it. There's no way that I could earn it. But the debt is paid. And, and because it's paid, now I am worthy. So <clears throat> just a pet peeve of mine, something I have to, uh, to point out and, and argue with here with, uh, with John Mark Hall and Matthew West. Uh, but uh, otherwise, there you go. A little bit of casting crowns. Um, from uh, a recent album, their album Healer. Uh, so enjoy that. Also, I was a little bit remiss. Uh, I dropped in uh, that uh, little clip that you heard earlier about uh, Simplify, uh, and that is one of my uh, favorite bands that nobody knows about. <clears throat> it's Ryan Shoop and the Rubber Band, and they have just great music. Um, so uh, we've actually used them on the show in the past, but go check out Ryan Shoop. Um, and you know what? Buy some of his music. Uh, if he's playing a concert, go see a concert, buy some merch, check him out on his website, you know, <clears throat> uh, reward his his uh, authenticity and, and just good fun music from, uh, from a guy that seems to be doing decent things. <clears throat> so anyhow, we were talking about doing great things for God. We, we, we talked about expecting the things. Now, how do we go about doing those great things? Well, 
or attempting great things. Anytime I want to do something, I find that I am more successful if I have a plan that I can follow. During the song of the week, I was I was recording it, and so it it records at real time. So when I record the the ninety second clip, you know, I listen to the song during the break, and I, I figure out what I'm going to say about it, and then I record that ninety second break, and it takes time. So as I was doing that, I was looking at a stack of papers um, that I had pulled out of my backpack, and it had my last board meeting minutes and notes I took, the action plans of things that I had to do, and it keeps me on track. Um, one of the best bosses, probably the best boss I ever had, um, Ari, if you're listening, Ari, um, love you. Uh, but she would have me make a to-do list the day before I'd go home so for my, my to-do list for tomorrow. So that way I could know what it was that I was going to be doing when I got there instead of trying to figure out what do I want to do today. I, I, I found the things that needed to be done and I would get that written down on my to-do list. <clears throat> So having a plan for what I'm going to attempt for God is important. And, and the reason it's important, I'm not trying to, to take God out of the equation and say that I have to be able to do this all myself, but, but what the plan does for me is it helps me to simplify it. It helps me to take away the distractions and make sure that what I'm doing is something that I should be doing, or is it best if I'm leaving it to somebody else? Look, I love to eat pie but you don't want me baking a pie. It's not my thing. When my birthday came, Bev baked a pie. She was good at it. When it came time for me to write my book piece by piece, I went to Paxton Pantress to give recipes for pie because that's not my thing. And I was wise enough to know, not my thing, don't try to do it because I'll just do a weak job or a half job that I'll quit because I'll, I'll, I'll experience some failure and discouragement. So we want to have a plan for it. So how do I have a plan for what I want to attempt for God? Well, if you're not starting off in prayer, you're probably going to have a difficult go of it. Submitting it to prayer and, and having that conversation with God and listening to God's response, that's to me a critical element in how we get through these things and how we we come up with the successful um uh, execution of plans. And sometimes things will fall into your lap. I, I did not have a plan to have a building with my ministry. But when that came, we considered it prayerfully and we didn't jump in right away. We, we, we looked at what, how does it fit our plan? Does it fit our plan? It's nice to have a building, but, but does our, it fit our plan? Can we afford it? Are we going to be able to do it? These are the things that we had to look at <clears throat> before taking on the responsibility of having the building. And because we were able to do that now, we've been able to attempt great things for God. We're in the process of attempting some great things for God. We are in the process of, of rehabilitating this old building so that we can teach the lessons that we teach to the inmates in prison, we can teach it to their families here on the streets. So when they come home, they're speaking the same language. 
They understand the things that their family member has gone through in their coursework in the prison. And so when that person comes home, they're not trying to explain it to their family. Their families are like, we know we've done this. Now let us help you be successful executing this here at home. That's a great thing that we're attempting for God. And it's because God did a great thing for us and we expected great things from God by giving us this building, by blessing us with this building. We always have a, a saying in my, my ministry and in my family, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. God doesn't, God doesn't give me a call just to pull the rug out from under my feet. God is not Lucy Van Pelt. God wants me to kick that football and God's going to hold that football still so that I can kick it and kick it well. He's not going to pull it out so that I fall on my back. He's not waiting to gotcha me. He's not have his camera around the corner so that he can show my epic fail on the internet and get lots of likes. God wants me to succeed and he's called me to do these things so that I can succeed in his name to his glory. Because that's the way God is. That's how God does. That's how God acts. And that's the way I expect him to act. So I have my plan for how to do it. So I, I pray about it. <clears throat> and then I involve other people. Great plan by myself is just a great plan to fail. Other people surrounding me so I can use their strengths. So I can lean on their knowledge, their expertise. We have a person on our, our board at Messed Up Ministries, and I always joke that their job is to tell me when I can't do something because I just get all fat and happy and running and I'm doing all this stuff. And, and they're like, time out. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. And we need those kind of people to help us out to keep us going right, to keep us focused. So, so surrounding ourselves with the right people, surrounding our, our, our vision in prayer. And then having determination, but being weak. You've heard me say it before, I don't pray for strength. And if I'm operating in my strength, that means that it's me that's doing it. And it will have some success at the beginning, but it will ultimately find failure. Because it's going to be about Paul instead of being about God. So I've got to keep all these things going and I've got to keep myself refreshed. I've got to keep myself in the word. I've got to keep myself in prayer. I've got to keep myself surrounded by good people. And for me, keeping myself healthy involves working my steps, going to meetings, actively looking at the things I need to do, doing that 10th step every day, that 10 at 10. Making sure that my mind, heart, and vision are right so that I can be following God instead of saying, God, here's where I'm going. Do you want to come with me? It's like, hey, God, you're over there. All right, hang on. I'm coming. I'll be there. Just, I'm coming your way. That's, that's the way I need to approach it. And when I do, when I attempt great things for God, God will bless me with great things that far exceed my small imagination. God does things that I don't even know. I, I was teaching a lesson the other night at Celebrate Recovery and uh, God just had me say some words that just 
worked out to be something really beautiful for another uh, person that was getting their four-year coin that night. And I didn't plan on it. I mean, I planned on giving their coin, but I was just going to give them their coin. But it worked into the lesson just beautifully. And it it was a complete God thing because I was expecting great things from God. And I was attempting great things for God. But I didn't have the plan. I was willing to listen to God's plan. I have my little sketch God's going to fill in all the details. It's such an amazing journey when we do that. I hope that you're able to participate in something like that yourself, that you expect some great things from God and you attempt some great things for God as well. I hope that you're not just sitting in the, in the stands cheering for other people, which we need. We need those cheerleaders. We need the rah-rah, but we also need everyone to do their part. And I hope you're doing your part in whatever way it is that God has called you. Listen to God. Listen to what his call is. He's got something for all of us. We're not all called to do the same things. But we need everyone who's called to do their thing in order for it to be successful. So listen to God's call. If you want to share that with me, give me a holler at 760 608-1942. Send me a text or give me a call. Let's talk about what your call is. Let's talk about what your purpose is, your mission, your, 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 your ministry. Or you can send me a text at the bowtie guy, bowtie guy at messituppodcast.com. Um, would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Hey, make sure that you write a review because I'm being told that reviews are really important right now in getting new listeners to find the shows. So uh, please write a review for us and uh, and give us a rating. We really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for being here with me. And uh, hopefully we'll have some guests coming in the coming weeks uh, to have some new stories and, and uh, cool things that have been going on as they attempted great things for God. Uh, but until then... We'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.